This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada has been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years. With their up-and-running program, you can access eBay's 180-plus million buyers in 190 countries around the world. With up-and-running, there are no listing fees on up to 200 listings per month, and you only pay fees when you sell. As part of the eBay community, you get real-time advice and inspiration and access to powerful selling tools and insights. Go to ebay.ca forward slash up and running, stay local, and sell global. Welcome to Canada's podcast, the number one podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Hi, everybody. I'm Phil Bliss, and today I'd like to welcome Christina Barbado. And I think, you know, Christina, maybe you can just give us a little bit about yourself, what you do now. Um, you know, give, give us that sort of three to five minute. Who is Christina Barbado? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in the small town of Sarnia, Ontario. And uh, from there, I went to McMaster University and I did a business undergrad there. I went straight into law school at the University of Windsor and then ended up uh, downtown. I had three sisters living there at the time. And I got a job at Roche on Genova, which was an up and coming law firm in the class action and personal injury areas. Mm-hmm. Um, they had five lawyers there when I started and we had about 18 by the time that I left. And so they um, you know, gained a lot of uh, successes and a, and a great reputation in class actions and, and personal injury while I was there. And I, uh, we call it our RG family. It was um, a great law firm to work at. So, you know, there you are, you got your law degree, you know, you're, you're practicing, growing practice. What are you doing as an entrepreneur? I mean, why, why pack that in and, 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 and sort of, you're one of the two founders of, of, of SP. Why did you do that? Yeah, I think it was a tough decision for sure. But I think that for most entrepreneurs, and definitely for me, the idea of being able to be a part of creating something, something that didn't exist, and you were going to be a part of creating something that would then leave its mark on the world. And that idea that you could be a part of something like that was incredibly enticing. And the other thing I will say is that I was um, really open to the challenge. It wasn't my background. It was very scientific and it's and, and turning into, you know, a very consumer, um, you know, consumer and sales kind of product. And, and none of that is, I, I didn't know any of that, but I, I, it was a challenge. It was something to uh, start fresh, learn new, rise to the occasion and just really be an integral part of, of creating something. You know, I, th- I think it's interesting for everyone. You know, we don't get too many entrepreneurs from the bio industry. You know, tell us a little bit more about the bio industry and how it exists and evolves and developing in, you know, in, in Toronto, in, in Canada, in, in sort of the, the Ontario area is really what we're interested in. Yeah, I think that there are so many incredible people creating amazing, amazing things. And I hope that there's more and more support for for entrepreneurs and people really taking a risk to 
attempt to create these things because uh, they're all great ideas that if they're properly supported and, and if they're if they're done right could really end up helping our community and, and potentially helping the world in terms of those that are more global. In our specific industry, like in, in the nutraceutical space, our mission was that you know we wanted to bring uh, a different kind of product to the market. We wanted to bring a valid validated bioactive. So instead of taking a natural supplement where there was health benefits, but you didn't know what in the bioactive was doing it, and you weren't sure if you were getting the right dose of it. We wanted to start from what's the thing in the natural product that's working for the person or the disease, and how much of it do you need in order for it to be effective, and to create products that work because you've done the work to prove all of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why here? I mean, uh, you, 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 I mean, I presume you, 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 you know, you're, you're a startup still, uh, you've got investors, but I mean, is the bio side of things big here? I mean, we have Guelph, I, I know that, um, which is, which is a great university from that, that the agro bio, uh, uh, side of things. Is this a good place to kind of, well, yeah, you said you had a global outlook to, to build a global business. That's a tough question. I think that we did have a lot of access to um, grants and to support, especially through uh, our academic connection through Paul and the University of Guelph. Um, and all of that, I would say, is, is a great system that, that is set up here. Where I have found it difficult in Canada is on costing and competitiveness when we come to things like importing ingredients, um, manufacturing costs, and then um, managing logistics in terms of, of uh, freight and importing and exporting and the cost of that. So as we study whether or not to, to eventually move to a model where we manufacture in, in the United States, for example, or elsewhere, that's where I find it difficult, where Canada is perhaps not as competitive. And is that a tax thing? Is it a is it income thing? I mean, you know, everybody wants manufacturing, which is what you are when all said and done. Where do we fall down? I mean, people, you know, I want people to hear that. Yeah, it's hard for me to say not being a manufacturer and knowing all those costs, but there are the customs and the importing of ingredients is definitely more expensive. Also, there's a lot of ingredients that are um, created or uh, imported and then uh, wouldn't need as much freight cost because they're already in the United States, whereas they're not here. We're having to get them from the United States because we can't find them here. There's there's other ingredients that could be imported from other countries and then, you know, distributed to companies here, but it's just not as prevalent as in the United States. And then on the manufacturing front, you know, I imagine it's I imagine it's a lot of things: equipment costs, labor costs. Um, regulatory costs. So yeah, I think if, if, if manufacturing could be more supportive and more competitive, then more companies would be able to stay here. What's been the greatest challenge you faced to date? Yeah, I would say that uh, we're getting the kind of regulatory that we approvals that we want in a, in a time in a really in a timely manner mm -hmm. so that we could, um, you know, advance our business. 
quicker. That was coming from the private sector. It was difficult to accept, you know, seven or eight months wait time for certain things. <laughs> right. That that's what that seemed like a lifetime to me. Yeah. But yeah. well, uh, having said that, you know, it, it has that, you know, you've got that pharmaceutical name, even even though it's, it's natural uh, products. Isn't that a good thing? I mean, don't don't you feel that without that regulatory kind of side of things that, that it could go too fast with, with oh. potential consequences kind of thing? Yes, and I, the NNHPD um, in Canada, Health Canada's um, Natural Health Product uh, Division is a fabulous, fabulous addition. And what they have done is um, they're working towards better and more regulated natural health products, which is definitely the way we can go for two reasons. Firstly, it's going to it's going to end up providing people with better choices and more information. And so you can take the supplements that um, you just take because you they make you feel good. That's great. But you should also have some choice around some natural options for prevention and treatment. They're out there. The nature has all kinds of things that can help us as humans that we're not utilizing and we could be, and, you know, it, it's, and they're safer and they're just, um, you know, it, they're, they're a step that we're missing before getting sick and going into um, pharmaceutical intervention. What's your biggest challenge in the, in the future as, as an entrepreneur? I think getting the sales and the, and the education to consumers right. So, so really reaching who we need to reach uh, in a way that that tells our story and communicates the benefits of the of the product in a way that people understand. There's a lot of really complicated science behind it, and trying to simplify that down so that people can understand its benefits. Yeah, and who, I know what you mean. Yeah. Or is a difficult thing to do. I, 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 I'm asking this question because I think it's people have processes, and other people can learn from that those processes. So when you're faced with unexpected challenges, which we all are, do you have a kind of process? How do you handle them typically? Is it, do you have a ding, 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 ding kind of thing where, where you, 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 you go through a process or do you just hit it head on kind of thing? You know, I think that's where it's been, um, you know, when, when I first became co-founder of this company, I did worry that my skill set, especially at the beginning, at the beginning of this, perhaps wouldn't be translatable or wouldn't be useful. I actually found the opposite, that we had a lot of scientists and coming at problems from a different perspective, especially because, you know, I was at a, a law firm that handled, um, you know, defective medical devices and defective drug cases. And so coming at it from that perspective of, for example, sitting in a lab meeting where the preclinical was only going to have male mice and saying, well, why, why are we only having male mice? We need, we should have 50, 50 male, female, because what if there's, you know, what if it causes damage in a, in a female organ? I, I mean, that's, that's something that we would want to know. And, and it was something where in science, sometimes that's not a consideration because they know, you know, in the future, there's going to be human studies, but, but in that moment, it's like, well, if we're, um, putting forth regulatory based on this preclinical, we want it to be the best preclinical it can be. And so, you know, and, and so decisions were being made 
uh, from both perspectives of what's what's normally done in in the scientific community or or in this particular case and and what can we do to sort of better that process um, to better protect the the quality of, of what we're doing this podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada eBay Canada is powering Canadian small businesses go to eBay.ca forward slash up and running to open your new global e-commerce business. So let's move on to some kind of lessons learned, you know, it, it, if you knew what you know now, what would you have changed in terms of, you know, when you started the business? Uh, I think one of the biggest things at the beginning of all of this was that we probably over thought a lot of the, especially the, the regulatory, we were always going for the absolute best in, in everything. <laughs> Sometimes that ended, made us take longer. It's for the same result, we probably didn't need to do as much as we did. So we probably, we've, we've become more efficient as we've learned and, and, and gone through this process a few times. What's the best piece of advice that you've ever received that you keep on using? Well, one of the one piece of advice I got early on that I took very seriously is you only have one reputation. And so you do everything you can to protect mm -hmm. it. So integrity uh, in, in every decision that you make and every person that you're dealing with is, is critically important. So we're going to have some rapid fire questions now. That's that's enough of the deep stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's have some fun stuff. So you are a lawyer still. You never stop being a lawyer, I don't think. No, I still pay my dues. If you, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing instead? Would it be law or would you be doing looking for another another venture? I think I would be in law. Yeah. At the end of the day, I it's it's what I love to do. What book are you currently reading, listening to, uh, and is there anything, any books or book that you would say, you got to read this? I recently finished uh, Glendon Doyle's Untamed, and I would say that is a book that everyone should read, and it is um, incredibly enlightening. And I also read Truth Be Told, which is the story of Beverly McLaughlin, mm -hmm. uh, who was our longstanding uh, Chief Justice. And that was also a, a really eye-opening book to read. Uh, are you a morning or a night person? Night. Night? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. you, there's definitely kind of, there are 80% of people seem to be morning people that I, that I interview. No, my family knows not to, not to, talk to me too much before my coffee. <laughs> if you had to pick a word to describe yourself, what would it be and why would you choose that word? Oh, one word. Um, I would say positive. And I guess that's just, um, I try to see the good in everything and try to, I don't know, add happiness and good spirits to everywhere I go. Cause I just don't really see a, a point in doing otherwise. <laughs> What's keeping you up at night? Oh, gosh. Um, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, that's an obvious one. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic and uh, everything I read, I feel like, out of the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. Pretty scary. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we're, all, we're all suffering. From, I mean, it's dominating our lives. It's, it's terrible when that, something you can't control dominates your life. 
I'm asking this, but and it's not. It's a good memory thing because our favorite place in the world is currently Ontario and Toronto. But what's your most favorite place in the world in terms of places you visited and, and on that? I might be biased, but it's the Amalfi Coast in Italy. <laughs> it's a pretty good place. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in terms of routines, it's really good to sort of chat about routines. What are your th- kind of, we all have a morning routine. You, you know, what are your not three, not three, it doesn't have to be three, but your non-negotiables in the morning. Is it, is it coffee? Is it peace and quiet? What, you said? what, 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 what is it? Uh, yeah, my coffee is definitely the priority and, oh, it's different. Once you become a mom, I feel like you don't, you don't really get to dictate what you get to do. Um, but you know, early on I set rules around getting dressed and having breakfast before anything else gets done. Mm -hmm. And once I implemented that rule for everybody in the house, everybody got places on time. So that was a good one. I mean, the, 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 the female entrepreneur doesn't get enough credit. And I mean, I, I'm interested to, to know, you know, always to know what your perspective of that is. Is it, is it improving? Is it as bad as ever? Uh, you know, how, you know you're, you're, I, can't, I can't say anything about it. But I need your reflection on it, basically. Yeah, what I will say about that is that um, I don't think we have achieved equality. And I say that because because my co-founder is male, what I have experienced a few times, and he was baffled by it too, is I am the CEO of the company and I send an email um, and that email gets responded to Paul. And so that happened on a few occasions where it was pretty mind-boggling and what you want to do is say you know what what am i going to do with you <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah okay well that's, that's pretty damn but it's we've got a lot to do still as, as, uh, uh, in, in the business world I think. absolutely i feel that there is progress though i feel like the conversations that have been had especially over the last four years I do feel that there have been people listening and that there is behavior that is changing. I will say that. So we do this desert island thing. I don't know whether you, you listen to, to, to everything right to the end, but at the, at the end of each session, we say, you know, uh, we drop you off on a small desert island, tropical island. Uh, there's only one phone booth. Remember what a phone booth There's absolutely no internet. There's no technology. You can pick up the phone at any time and call us on the boat, um, and we'll come and get you. What do you do? How long do you last? How long do I last on the island? Oh, you don't have to last any time. Is that something you want, basically? I feel like I would probably, I would probably go a few days, but mm-hmm. then I would be terrified that some animal would get me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know. Christina, thank you for the interview. It's really good. Actually, really did enjoy it. And you know, we have a lot of people that both look and listen to, to, to the podcasts. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, email is probably the best. So it's just christina.barbado at spnutra.com. Well, Christina, thanks for coming on Canada's podcast. Very interesting. 
I love the bio the bio industry. I you know it's it's very very interesting. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This podcast is sponsored by eBay Canada. eBay Canada is here to help. They've been supporting Canadian small business retailers for 25 years, and their up and running program is getting Canadian businesses online today. Visit eBay.ca forward slash up and running. Stay local and sell global with eBay.